Growing in God's Word and learning what it means to take up our cross and follow Jesus. This is Crosswalk with Pastor Clay Stevens from Cross Culture Church in Raleigh. Prince Harry and his wife, uh, Megan, who gave birth to a baby boy this past week, confided in their friends that they intended to raise their son gender neutral. I'm not even sure I understand what that means, but I do want to say this, that this modern day phenomenon of erasing all distinctions between genders, all characteristics that we have between male and female is quite honestly nothing short than an attack on the family unit that God created and therefore an attack on God himself. We're living in an age when women's rights are at the forefront of our culture. The Me Too movement and other secular women's organizations are calling women to stand up for their right to be whoever they want to be, demanding equality between the sexes. As Pastor Clay is going to explain in today's message, there's something to be said for that. But for followers of Jesus Christ, male or female, shouldn't our first concern be to seek out who God desires us to be? And instead of demanding our rights, aren't we called to lay down our rights? Man or woman, how are we successful in completing the role that God has given to each of us that ultimately brings glory to God. That should be the design and the desire of every single person, woman or man. That is the objective of life. Hello and welcome to a very special Mother's Day edition of Crosswalk. Today we're taking a break from our current series, Crossroads, where our faith meets our culture, to take a look at probably the most famous passage in the Bible specifically addressing women. I'm talking about Proverbs 31. Displaying with her life what a person looks like that has a greater concern for others than for herself. She is displaying with her life what kindness actually genuinely looks like. It's not just words on a billboard or something like that. It's actually what God is providing in through her. You know, the world has a way of defining what success is for all of us, men and women. Today, Pastor Clay is going to walk us through the second half of Proverbs 31, where we'll find what makes a woman successful from God's perspective. We're so glad you've joined us today. Now let's dive in. I want to lead you to the cross. What defines or what makes for a successful woman, regardless, mother, not mother, married, single, uh, what, what makes for a successful woman in God's eyes? As you might could uh, guess, The way that the world defines a successful woman uh, usually is a very different thing from the way God defines a successful woman. The world defines a successful woman, uh, at least partly, by the fact that she is a woman who is able to to, uh, get in there and and stand toe-to-toe with any man and fight for her place at the table. Uh, By the way, when I was growing up, Uh, the men and the boys stood at the table while our mother and our sister and if any other lady was joining us were seated first as a sign of respect. But anyway, but anyway, uh, the world defines the success of a woman as that that woman who is able to to be be strong and independent and uh, be able to Uh, show that she is equal to men in every way. For the record, God, from the very beginning, has already established the equality of men and women. Genesis chapter 1, 
verse 27. God created man, it's speaking in, just in the general sense, mankind, in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. Notice the equality. Male and female, he created them. God, it has always been God's desire and design that, that men and women would be understood as equal in the sight of God. Now, that doesn't mean that women have always been treated equally. They have not. Historically, in virtually every culture in the world, women have not been treated equally and have been abused, taken advantage of. It was not right that women would not have the right to an education. It was not right that women would not have uh, the, the right to own property. It was not right that women would not have the right to vote. It was not right that a woman would be paid less than a man if they were doing the exact same job. That has never been right. It has been practiced, but it has never been right. It's not it wasn't right to, uh, to withhold any of those things uh, because of a person's gender any more than it was right to withhold those things because of a person's skin color. It, that, that was never right, and that was never God's design or desire. So for the record, God is the one that has declared that men and women are equal. However, saying that women are equal to men doesn't mean that women are the same as men. Let me say that again because it's important. Saying that women are equal to men doesn't mean that women are the same as men. They are not. We are not the same. We are, we are created different physically and physiologically. We are different psychologically, we're different emotionally. We receive information differently. We certainly communicate information differently. Equal in the sight of God? Yes, absolutely. The same in the sight of God? Absolutely not. Ladies, don't ever let anyone tell you that you are inferior to a man. But ladies, don't ever let anyone tell you that you are the same as a man. You're not. And quite honestly, you shouldn't want to be. I don't know if you heard this or not, but uh, Cindy was telling me about it, and I looked it up and did some research on it and found that uh, Prince Harry and his wife, uh, Meghan, who gave birth to a a baby boy this past week, had uh, confided in in their friends that they intended to uh, raise their son gender-neutral. Or uh, gender fluid, I think was the term that, that Megan <coughs> used. I, I'm not even sure I understand what that, that means exactly. But I, I, I do want to say this, that whether you agree with me or not, that this, this modern day phenomenon, and, and that's really what it is. It's a modern day phenomenon of, of erasing all distinctions between uh, genders, all, all, all characteristics erasing every differences that we have between male and female is, is quite honestly nothing short than an attack on the, on, on the family institute, the family unit that God created, and therefore an attack on God himself. Because, again, 
It was God who said, male and female, that latter part of verse 27 of Genesis 1, male and female, he created them. So there is a difference in, in who we are and how we're created to be, but it is in fi- discovering how we are successful, male or female, man or woman, how are we successful in completing the role that God has given to each of us that ultimately brings glory to God. That should be the design and the desire of every single person, woman or man. That is the objective of life, to glorify God by fulfilling the role that he has given us in life. So I want to give you a few just kind of ingredients that make for a successful woman in the sight of God. And I want to do that from Proverbs chapter 31. Now, if you know anything about Proverbs 31, uh, women... Uh, you ladies, uh, even as I said that, the hair may have stood up on the back of your neck, even as I said Proverbs 31, because uh, it seems, that it's been my experience that, that ladies uh, tend to not like to be associated with Proverbs 31. I've had um, older women tell me, if, you, if, if I die and you do my funeral, do not preach from Proverbs 31. Because the Proverbs 31 woman is like, Biblically speaking, she's like the quintessential woman. But can I say this uh, to you? She is exactly the woman each of you in this place should be aiming for. And she wasn't able to pull it off because, because she, she was some kind of superwoman. Captain Marvel was some kind of superpower. She was able to pull it off because she was able to tap into the superpower, the power of God in fulfilling the intentions that God had for her life. So don't be scared of the example of Proverbs 31 or nervous about it or shy away from it. All right, let's get into it. Let's look at it and I'll read the text as we make our way through some of these this morning. All right, y'all, y'all okay with me? Let's go. Uh, a successful woman in the sight of God has integrity and trust. That's first ingredient. Successful woman in the sight of God has integrity and trust. Let me read. Proverbs 31, and I'm starting this morning in verse 10. An excellent wife, who can find? For her worth is far above jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil. By the way, I want you to notice, not a word's been said about children yet. This is just about the husband. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. The first part of Proverbs chapter 31, verses 1 through 9, are instructions. They are directions or instructions or advice written down by a man named King Lemuel as he has received this counsel or this advice from his mother. Now, we don't actually know who King Lemuel is was. Uh, There's some speculation that uh, Lemuel may have been the name that Bathsheba gave to her son Solomon, and that may be who this is here, but the truth is we really have no way of knowing. doesn't change the the truth or the the fact of the text itself. But in verses 1 through 9, he's he's reciting or recounting this counsel, this advice, that he's received from his mother. But in verse 10, when he gets to verse 10, suddenly there's a shift, there's a change. It's almost as if in, in recalling the things that, that his mother has taught him, that it, it triggers something in him to think about how 
how amazing, how great, how, how, how incredible his mother was and what it was about her that made her so amazing in his eyes. And so he begins in verse 10 to recount some of these things and he begins to list, as I've called them, some ingredients. And right at the top of the list is integrity. Integrity. The woman who, who is always going to do the right thing regardless of of, of what it may cost her or what others may think of her or, or whatever the sacrifice might be. She is going to choose to be a woman of integrity. That is the choice she has made and that, and that her friends, her family, her husband knows that they can explicitly, unquestionably, without a, without a second of doubt, know that they, that they can trust in their spouse, that she is always going to do uh, and act with integrity. Uh, years ago, I, I knew, Cindy and I, my family knew uh, a gentleman by the name of Mark. Mark was a rough, tough country boy from the hills of Tennessee. And I had the honor, the privilege of leading Mark into a relationship with Jesus. And as I said, Mark had le- led a rough life, but when he came to Jesus, man, he, he began, God just began to change him. By the way, that, that's what it is to come into a relationship with Jesus. It's not you cleaning up your act. Can I just say that? There's a sidebar. It's not you cleaning up your act. It's God take, taking out of your life the things that, that he doesn't want in your life. And God began to do that in Mark's life, and he was growing in the Lord. Mark worked for the railroad, and he worked hard. He worked hard for the railroad, but he worked hard to provide for his family. One day, Mark came home from work to find that his wife, who also professed to be a believer in Jesus, to find that his wife had packed up anything and everything of any value in their home, had drained their savings account, had drained their checking account, and had run off with another man. In some sense, I don't know that Mark ever got over that. Integrity, listen, man or woman, can I say to you, man or woman, integrity is a big deal to God. And and Lemuel listed as, as the first quality about his mom that stood out, that she was a woman of integrity. I just remind you a few passages of Scripture in Job chapter 8. But look, God will not reject a person of integrity, nor will he lend a hand to the wicked. Look at this one in Psalm 15. O Lord, who may abide in your tent? Who may dwell on your holy hill? He who walks with integrity and works righteousness and speaks truth in his heart. He does not slander with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor takes up a reproach against his friend. Integrity. Look at this one, uh, Psalm 26. But as for me, I shall walk in my integrity. Redeem me and be gracious to me. One more, Proverbs 10, 9. He who walks in integrity walks securely, but he who perverts his way will be found out. Years ago, years ago, Cindy and I built a home. Our kids were little, boys were little. We built a home. We worked with a contractor who was very professional. He was very good at what he, what he did. And, and we were excited about this new home that we were building. And at some point in the construction process, we decided that we wanted more sod in our yard than we had agreed to in the original uh, contract. It was going to be sod, you know, X number of feet out from the house and all that kind of stuff. And, and we decided we wanted more sod in the yard than we had agreed in the original contract. We went... Uh, contract. We went to the contractor, shared with him that we wanted to go ahead and sod all the way out 
the front yard, backyard, wherever it was that we were siding, I think it was the rest of the front yard, wanted to go ahead and do it. He said, that's no problem. He let us know uh, that here's what the extra amount of sod will, will cost. Here's the extra amount that will add to the final bill. We said, that's great. That's fine. No problem. Construction went on. The house got finished. The sod got laid. The final bill was paid. But the contractor forgot to put the amount of the extra sod in the contract. It was ne- the contract was never amended. He, and he just forgot about that final amount. And to tell you the truth, we forgot too. We were just excited to be in the house. We were just, just glad to, to, to move in and, and do all that sort of stuff. And, and so we just, we just forgot all about the fact that we had gotten extra sod that we had not paid for. Maybe a year and a half went by. And one day Cindy was just in prayer with the Lord. And, and God reminded her of that sod out in our front yard. She went out and got in her car and drove straight to that contractor's house and handed him a check for the extra sod that he didn't even remember that we owed. Can I just tell you this? It would have been so easy to just just let it go. Just keep that extra few hundred dollars. I mean, he was well off anyway. He's doing well. And he's never going to miss it. He's, he's clearly, he's just forgotten about it. It would have been so easy just to do that. But listen to me. A woman of integrity can't do that. God won't let her do that. And I, can I just ask you ladies today before we move on, do the people around you think of you as a person of integrity? Do your children see you doing the right thing all the time, not cutting corners, not trying to take advantage, but being a person of integrity? Does your husband know that he can trust you implicitly, whether he or someone else tells you something in confidence or whether it's a financial matter or whatever it might be. Do they, do, does your husband know, do your children know, do the, do the friends around you know that, that you are a person of absolute integrity because God says, in my eyes, that's a successful woman. Here's a second one uh, this morning. A successful woman in the sight of God embraces her responsibility and opportunity. She's a woman of integrity She's respected for that. She's valuable for that. You can't put a price on that. It's essentially what the writer says. A husband or a family can't. But she's also a person of responsibility and opportunity. Verses uh, 13 through 19. Let me read those. She looks for wool and flax and works with her hands in delight. She is like merchant ships. That, ladies, that may not sound very complimentary to be compared to a a merchant ship, but you got to understand, in those days when you saw a merchant ship coming over the horizon, that was, that was good news because they were bringing supplies, they were bringing food, they were bringing things that perhaps you desperately needed. And so to see the mast of that ship, the sails coming over the horizon, that was something that people would get excited about. She's like merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She rises also while it is still night and gives food to her household and portions to her maidens. She considers a field and buys it from her earnings. She plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She, she senses that her grain is good. Her lamp does not go out at night. She stretches out her hands to the distaff, and her hands grasp the spindle. This is a busy lady. And... Most of you ladies, moms, spouses, single ladies, whatever, most of you in here would say, yeah, what else is new? You just described my day. Uh, maybe I don't work with a distaff anymore, whatever that is, but you've just described my day. That's exactly right. But, but the Proverbs 31 woman is a woman who embraces this call upon 
her life. I want you to notice something here. I want you to notice that there is no sense in, in this text that this woman in, in some way is unfulfilled. That in, in some way she's, she's not uh, complete if she doesn't have a, a, a career. If in some way her, her role as a, as a, a wife and or a, a mother and, and, and the responsibilities that she had, as if in some way those things are not uh, rewarding or not fulfilling. All kinds of, of adjectives are used in here to describe a woman who embraces the responsibility that she has and, and loves the responsibility that she has. That's what a woman of integrity does. Now listen, can I say this to you? To say that, to say that this woman understands responsibility, she's been given under God to, to, to take care of her household, she's providing for them, she's doing all this. That's not to say that, that a woman cannot work outside of the home. Want to hear me say that? I, I, ladies, I, I do not believe that the Bible prohibits a woman from working outside the home or having a career. Single moms, for example, have no choice. Uh, but, but I don't think there's any biblical prohibition of that at all. I don't. Uh, the Proverbs 31 woman is clearly bringing income into the household. In the context in which she was doing that, she was actually able to do that out of or from her household. In the context of today, that may mean working outside of the home to bring in income. I don't think there's any prohibition to that at all. But what I would say is, I want you to notice that her fulfillment, her satisfaction comes in, in fulfilling her responsibility as a wife and as a mother and... And that to, to seek a career, many of you ladies work out, outside the home. Fine, that, that's fine. But understand, the, what, what, what may be different from our culture is that she doesn't do it because in some sense she is unfulfilled. She doesn't do it because she doesn't, she doesn't feel like she's, she's a complete person if she, if she doesn't have a, a career or, or can't say at a party, you know, what do you do? Well, I, I da, 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 da. No, she does it as the Proverbs 31 woman does it because she desires to help her family, because she desires, and if a woman desires to do that, that's great, that's fine. But always remember what your responsibility first and foremost is. And, and, and men, husbands, I know we live in a culture where uh, we live in, a, in an affluent culture, right? We do. And so it can sometimes be difficult to distinguish between our wants and, and our needs. Husbands, I'm just saying please be careful that you do not put pressure on your wives to work outside of the home or to, to bring income into the home. If they desire to do that, if they want to do that, if they want to take on that extra load and make no mistake about it, it is an extra load. That would have been a really good place for you ladies to say amen. But it is an on top of the responsibility. Yeah, I'm just, listen, can I tell you? This is why God gave ladies the assignment that he gave you. Because he knew we men couldn't handle it. Men may be physically stronger than women, but men aren't even close to being as eternally, internally strong as a woman is, who will sacrifice anything and everything for the good of her family. So, so, so if a wife wants to work outside a home and wants to bring income in, as this woman was doing, desire to do that sort of thing, fine, that's good. But, but husbands, we, we just need to be careful that, that we aren't putting pressure on our wives to do that because, because we want that extra income and it will buy some extra things or allow that. And, and, and conversely, a wife has to also be satisfied with, with the income that's uh, if she doesn't want to work out. You understand what I'm saying? But 
but the Proverbs 31 woman embraces this responsibility and this opportunity that she has to fulfill God's calling in her life. Here's a third one uh, this morning. A successful woman in the sight of God does all that she can for all those she can. Verse 20. She extends her hand to the poor and she stretches out her hands to the needy. She's not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She makes coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies belts to the tradesmen. Strength and dignity are her clothing and she smiles at the future. She opens her mouth in wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. The Proverbs 31 woman is a woman who is looking to meet the needs of those. She has the opportunity to meet the needs. She's meeting the needs of the poor, probably providing food and probably clothing because clearly we can see that that's that's an area where she's she's working. Uh, To provide clothing, to provide food, to provide necessity for for people in, in need. She's meeting the needs of her family, making sure that they're clothed well for winter and they have exactly what they need because, and listen, we may think, oh, okay, well, just go down to the store and buy a coat. It just just didn't work that way necessarily back then. She's meeting those needs. She's meeting the needs of her husband. She's meeting the, the emotional and psychological needs of her husband. Can I say this to you? Because he is respected in the community and the text doesn't say because of what he's, he's doing, but because of what she's doing. That her reputation is such that men look at her husband and, and, and admire him for the wife that he has. And, and ladies, can I just say this to you? Make no mistake about it. Your husband, your husband needs to be respected. Especially by you. He needs your respect. She's meeting the needs of other merchants by, by uh, manufacturing things and giving them to them, which they are then in turn selling. Now, she's, she's being recompensed for her labor. She's bringing income into her home, but she's also helping them bring income into their home by producing goods that they can then turn around and sell to others who have the resources uh, to buy them. She's meeting the needs even of her culture and community by displaying with her life what a person looks like that has a greater concern for others than for herself. She is displaying with her life what kindness actually genuinely looks like. It's not just words on a billboard or, or something like that. It's actually what, what God is providing in through her. She is a woman who meets the needs of all that she can. And let me just also stop here and say this. M- meeting the needs of all that you can, sacrificing for the good of others, doesn't always mean that you meet needs, wants, or even needs when someone has the ability to meet those needs themselves. You understand what I'm saying? In other words, by saying that this woman is sacrificing, that she's laying down, she's meeting the needs of those around her, doesn't mean that that she's meeting the need of of every person that has the ability to meet that need themselves. There there actually can be some some negative to, to, to trying to do that sometimes. But that aside, this is a woman on a mission, and her mission is to, is to display kindness, to live out the godly life of putting others before herself, caring about them. That is her desire. 
to do. Listen, can I just say this to you too before we, before we move on here in just a second? Um, it's no wonder that in, in this description of the home, it's no wonder that uh, in verse 25 it says, strength and dignity are her clothing and she smiles at the future. This is a woman who is satisfied with the life that she is leading and, and she, she can even smile. At the future. I won't even ask how many of you ladies in here spend more time worrying about the future than you do smiling at the future. But this woman is able to smile at the future because she knows that she's fulfilling the very things for which God has called her to do. And she's finding satisfaction. Words in there that describe this woman. Listen, I don't know, man or woman, I don't know what more you could want than to lead a life of, of satisfaction and kindness and meeting the needs of others and fulfilling the role that God has given you. I don't know what else you could want in life. What greater accomplishment you could have. I understand the world defines accomplishments, uh, even the general sense, male or female, by, by fame or fortune, big house, expensive car, fancy title, corner office. I understand the world, but this is a woman who's found exactly the, the satisfaction that she needs, not in being liberated. She has no desire to be liberated because she has already been set free in fulfilling the role for which God has called her. She has no need to to go and find herself because she has found herself in exactly the place God wants her to be. She does not, here's the text, the latter part there, when the text says she does not eat the bread of idleness, that's just, uh, that's just a way of saying this is a busy lady. She leads a full life. She, she stays busy in all that she does. And again, I don't think there's a lady in here that couldn't say amen to that. You know exactly what that is. Can I also take this opportunity to say to you ladies, that is why, that is why, that is why it is absolutely critical, critical that you start your day with God in His Word and in prayer. It is absolutely critical that you do that for the sheer fact that you have so much to do that no man could possibly handle. It is absolutely critical that you start your day with time in God's Word and time in prayer. And if you're thinking, oh yeah, you're a man, you're a man. If you had half a clue of half of what I have to do in a single day, you would know that I simply can't afford to spend the time doing that if I'm going to get all the rest of the stuff done in my day. I say to you, you you're, you're absolutely right. I'm sure I do not have a clue what all that you have, the weight that you feel, the responsibilities that you have, I'm quite sure that I don't have a clue of half of what it is. But I know this. I know that the Word of God says this. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. If you will seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, all these things will be added. In the context of Matthew 6, all these things are food, clothing, shelter, paying the bills. It's exactly the context that you live in every day. And God says to you, this is not... not not some man, it's not Clay standing up here. Telling, God has said to you, if you will seek me first, even in your individual day, if you will seek me first, if you will put your time into time with me, time in prayer, time in word, I will, and I'm, listen, I'm telling you this, even as a man, and I don't work half as much as you ladies do, but even as a man, I'm telling you, God will supernaturally expand your time and your energy. And if you don't believe me, and if you say, well, 
I, I just, I can't afford that. I'm telling you, you don't have to believe me, but I'm telling you, you can't afford not to do this. You can't afford not to. And if you don't believe me, you'll continue and you'll do it to the best of your ability. I have no doubt you'll continue to, to, to do all the things that you do, all the responsibilities that you have, because it's on your heart and you want to be the, the best wife, the best mom, the, the best person, the best, you want to be that best person you can possibly be. But if you don't, I'm telling you, if you don't put God first in your life, I'm telling you, everything that you'll do, you'll do from your own strength, you'll do from your own power, you'll do according to your own clock, and you'll live most of your life wrung out, spent, stressed, anxious, worried, exhausted. And listen, I realize physical exhaustion goes with the territory, it's part of it, I understand but, but I'm telling you, based on the promise of God, God says, I will do this for you. I will make it so that you can get done everything I desire for you to get done today to complete the mission that I have given you this day. Okay, real quickly, one more. Let me give you one more. A successful woman in the sight of God is worthy of praise. You are. And I'm sorry that I don't do it enough. I'm sorry that we don't do it enough. You are worthy of praise. Verse 28. Her children rise up and bless her. Her husband also, and he praises her, saying, many daughters have done nobly, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the product of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. Do you, do you hear what God is saying through Lemuel? What he's basically saying to us men, praise your spouse. Praise the mother of your children. Praise your mother. Give, give them what they deserve for, for what they do for my honor and for my glory, but what they do, you give them praise for that because they, they deserve it. You notice how the writer kind of starts out there by, by saying that, that it's, not in, it's not in adornment, it's, it's, not, it's not in external beauty that the real value of a woman is found. That it's not really the external that, that, is, that is, is, is really what counts for beauty, that it's actually the internal, it's the spirit, it's the soul of the woman. And her desire to honor God with her life, with her actions, with her relationships. It's her desire to honor God. That that's what makes her beautiful. And, and it doesn't mean the idea of, of wanting to, to look nice or look pretty or look beautiful or, or make up. I'll, I'll get to all that in a minute. It doesn't mean that those things are wrong. It's just that, that that's not how, that's not what people ought to think of, quite honestly. Your beauty shouldn't be the first thing that, that people think of when they think of you, not the external. But who is the person on the inside, that person that, 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 person that is trustworthy, that person that embraces their responsibility, that person who, 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 who gives and gives and gives and does and does and does for others? Peter says this, and connect it to that, First Peter chapter 3, and let not your adornment be merely, notice he's not, he's, he's not saying this, that, it's, that you can't do it, let not your adornment be merely external, braiding the hair, wearing gold jewelry, or putting on dresses. But let it be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit which is precious in the sight of God. Nothing wrong getting your hair done, going to the spa. Nothing wrong with jewelry. Or, it's, not, it's not that that's wrong. But that's not who you are. Or that's not who you should be. That's not what should characterize 
your life. It's not about the way you look. It's about who you are on the inside, who God has created you to be. Honestly, as God is my witness, I, I, I do not know a woman that meets that description better than my wife. I really don't. And I, and I suspect that all of you uh, men in here have the same thought about your wife or, or your mother if you're not married or, or something like that. I suspect you, and you should. You should feel the exact same way. Cindy will tell you uh, she never had any desire to, to go to college. She didn't. Now that, if your daughters are here and you want them to go to college, fine, I'm not. But she just never had any desire to, to go to college. She only ever had one desire, and that was to, to, to take care of her husband. Don't, don't, don't say it. Don't say anything. To take care of her husband. I know. I know how well I'm taken care of. And to take care of her family. She, you, none of you may ever be the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. But you have given the, been given the privilege of accomplishing something far more valuable than that. To be a, a woman who honors God by fulfilling the role for which He has called you to fulfill. To be the wife, the mother, the woman that He has called you to be. There is no higher calling than that. So ladies, are you equal to men? Sure you are. But you're not the same. And you need to thank God that you're not the same. That He has created you uniquely and individually to be the person He's called you to be. And you deserve praise. I wish I was better at it. I'm terrible at it. I wish I praised my wife more when I'm with her and just in all of us should. But did you notice what the text says? That, that even if she doesn't receive it, and none of you... Can I tell you this? None of y'all ladies will ever receive the praise you deserve. Not fully. But even if you don't, did you notice what the text says? God takes notice of the woman who is successful in his eyes. Jesus said to all of his followers, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Luke 9, 23. I think most of us would agree that no one models that better than a mother. Our culture wants to define the success of a woman by what she is able to accomplish for herself. God defines a woman's success by what she is able to accomplish for others. One thing is for sure, a Proverbs 31 woman is worthy of praise, and all of us should be quick to offer it for our mom, our wife, and for all women who desire to be successful in God's eyes instead of the eyes of our culture. To all moms, happy Mother's Day. We're glad you joined us for this week's message on Crosswalk. Pastor Clay is the author of the book, I Get It, Discovering How to Really Live in the Promises of God. My prayer is that God would use it to help some people understand a few things about what it really takes to live in the promises of God. God wants you to live a life of peace and purpose and meaning and hope and fulfillment and contentment. He wants you to live a life without fear and without anxiety. 
Many people at some point in their life feel disconnected with the type of life and faith they read about in the Bible and what their lives look like on a daily basis. What is it that we're missing? What is it that we're not getting? If I'm not really living in the promises of God, why is that? That's what this book explores. I Get It is available online in electronic versions for the Nook and Kindle, as well as paperback from Amazon.com. And ask for it by name at your favorite local bookstore. You can go in bookstores and just say, hey, uh, have you got a book in here uh, entitled I Get It from Lay Stevens? They can order this book out of their catalogs that they get. Get your copy today. Discover the promises of God and the steps you need to take to get it. And join us here each week online for another Crosswalk message. God has invited us to know Him through His Word, the Bible, a perfect record of God's revelation to man and applicable for every area of our lives. And if you're in the Raleigh area, we invite you to be a part of cross-culture worship. We meet at 1030 every Sunday morning at the Leesville Road High School, a mile and a half south of I-540, exit 7. We're a church, but instead of religion, we're about relationships. And instead of rituals, we practice real. Our desire is to be used by God to show people that a life built on the finished work of Christ on the cross is where they will find what they're searching for. Learn more about us, who we are, what we're about, what we do, and what we believe. Visit us online at crossculture.church. I'm not the water, I'm not the bread, but I know the place where your soul is fed. So hungry and thirsty, come and be blessed. Cross Culture Church, a new church for people like you, taking the cross to our culture and taking our culture to the cross.